I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. The podcast is currently brought to you by Waterfall Plastic Free Baby Wipes, which contain 99.9% purified water and are both fragrance free and alcohol free. The wipes are made from natural cellulose plant fibers, making them so much softer and kinder to delicate skin. Waterfall Baby Wipes are hypoallergenic, having been extensively tested by dermatologists and are approved by the Skin Health Alliance and Allergy UK accepted by the National Eczema Association and are also certified by Cruelty Free International and the Vegan Society. Waterfall Baby Wipes are 100% plastic free, 100% biodegradable and 100% compostable. Breaking down in a matter of weeks, they are the best choice for our planet and also your baby's future. Available for purchase in Tesco, selected super values and can be bought in bulk size on Amazon. Kindful, mindful and waterful. So in this episode, I'm highlighting my chat with Siobhan back in October 2020. The reason I'm doing so is she was just so open and honest about different pockets of her life throughout her journey to becoming a mother. She suffered with help syndrome. And I think it's really important to highlight conversations like these, um, not only to help others who have suffered from help syndrome, but also if you know a friend or family member who suffered, you might be able to help um, with their postpartum journey if you understand what they have gone through it's also important for people to understand the signs and symptoms she's so honest about her postpartum experience as well and I frequently think about our chat and we do stay in touch which I always love so this is a really really important episode I think for a lot of people to hear Uh, thank you again Siobhan for sharing as much as you did it's not always easy to open up and be as raw as you were. Um, Enjoy and I will share another episode with you on Wednesday, which I think is important to highlight at the moment. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. So Siobhan, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast to tell us your birth stories. If you wanted to start by giving us a little introduction. 
Yeah, no bother. My name is Siobhan and I'm from Clamel in County Tip. Um living with my partner Tony. Um yeah, he hasn't put a ring on it yet. <laughs> Discussion for another day. Um we have two little kiddies. Uh Dara is three um three years and nine months and Roisin is nine months. Oh cool, lovely. And yeah. tell us about your first pregnancy. So was that planned? Yeah, planned and fairly planned. My partner has a condition, so we kind of, we thought we'd have to do IVF. So we went and got tested and everything and we we're told, no, work away, um, you're fine. So we were delighted and shocked at the same time going, okay. So I had come off the pill, I think I was off it about three months maybe. And I'd been using the ovulation sticks all along and I'd been tracking my cycle and all that. So I was going you know, a very scientific route. And it's like, right, you know, you have to do it in this window and it'll work. And it did. It worked first go for us. Um, oh, brilliant. Yeah, we were very lucky. Um, and pregnancy was a dream. Um, had nausea and vomiting, not excessive, that went at 12 weeks. I was going to the gym three times a week, a little bit of swimming. Um, and it was just perfect. Not a bother until <laughs> the very end. <laughs> um, yeah, I was... 35 weeks and I got signed off work and um, my blood pressure had gone up slightly and I had protein in the urine. So mm-hmm. I was delighted, you know, five weeks still to go and I was being signed off work. I was like, grand, I'll take it easy. Uh, he was due at the beginning of January. So it's like, it's fine, get to enjoy Christmas and all of that. And I think I went to the doctor on, I think it was a Monday yeah on a Monday and then I went back on the Friday she wanted to check me again and went back in Friday and it was the nurse that checked me and she did my blood pressure and straight away she's like oh you just lie down here here in the bed and I was like okay grand I was planning on going out with the girls that night for a Christmas night out and I was going to the hairdressers later on to get that done with my tan on nails all of that um and then the doctor came in and she's like look I'm just going to send you up to the hospital um I just want them to check the blood pressure. She said it's a little bit high and I think the protein in my urine had gone from a plus one to a plus three or four, um, which is higher, obviously. And she's like, they'll probably give you medication and send you home. So I was like, grand. Um, Texted the hairdresser and just said, look, I don't think I'll make the appointment. Just have to go up to the hospital. Yeah, they checked me over and lovely little um, doctor and he was fabulous. Um, He's like, look, we just want to keep you in overnight for monitoring. And I was wicked upset. I was like, please, can I just go home and have a shower? I haven't showered yet. I planned on going swimming and having my shower then. Um, They're like, no. And it's like, can I just go home and pack a bag? And he's like, no. And it's like, but like, I can nearly see my house from here. Please, can I just go? And he's like, no, no. So they kept me in. I was wicked upset because that was my first day in hospital as well. I'd never um, had to stay in hospital, just mm-hmm. broken bones and stuff like that growing up. Um, so I was given my bed. They took bloods, so all that sort of usual stuff. And then the next day, um, Yes, the next morning the consultant came around doing the rounds and he mentioned help syndrome. And I knew of this because I had a cousin who had it and unfortunately she lost a baby to it. Um, she'd hers very early in pregnancy. Um, so I knew what it was straight away. So, And I think the protein had gone worse again. Basically what help syndrome is, it's higher enzymes of the liver and lower platelet levels. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a worse version of preeclampsia. And... I, I didn't realize the extent of it until probably probably a year and a half later or more after Dara was born. Um, you know, I didn't think about it too much. Um, so they took my bloods again 
after the morning rounds I think I was allowed to have my breakfast and then they didn't feed me after that just in case yeah he said oh baby's coming today baby's going to be delivered today and I was like all right okay um and then they said look induction or section so ideally I wanted you know induction because I don't think anybody particularly chooses to have a section um so they did a an examination of my cervix and they said it wasn't favorable so I spoke to a midwife who was lovely and I said look what would you do or what would you recommend and she said to be honest she said um yeah what was I I was I was 36 36 plus three and she said you know if 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 your cervix isn't looking favorable at this stage she said an induction more than likely isn't going to work so I said fine section um and she said, look, sit on it anyway and think of it. She said, we'll be back at six o'clock and we'll look for a decision then. So six o'clock rolled around, two midwives came and they said, look, your bloods are getting worse. We have to do something today. It's pretty rapid, um, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of, it, nothing, it didn't really sink in, to be honest, at the time. Mm. I was like, all right, okay. Um, so six o'clock came, they said, what do you want to do? And I said, look, I'll go for the section. So like, right, we're going now. And I was like, what? And they're like, okay, we're going now. So gowned up and stuff and walked down to surgery and everything was nice and relaxed and chilled. And um, yeah, I remember it was a, a midwife called Ashling and then surgical nurse was called Ashling as well. So that just stuck out in my head and they're both lovely and surgical nurse Ashling was just really bubbly and nice. And we were talking to her and she's like, oh, and you're general. And I was like, no, um, she's like, you're having a general anesthetic for this section. And I said, no, 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 no. And got really panicky. And there'd been a mix up between the maternity ward and surgical. And it's because of the health syndrome. You've lower platelet levels. So you've um, more of a risk of bleeding out. So I had to have a general anesthetic. Oh, it was in pieces is the only way to describe it. I was so upset, so upset. I can remember lying on the the table and there's a little Filipino nurse she didn't utter a word but she's just gently brushing away my tears as they're falling and just shushing me and just shush shush shush, shush. and I just I couldn't and I was shaking and shaking so they bring Tony in because obviously he couldn't come in for a general anesthetic so they bring him in to try and calm me down and just settle me a bit and it was that and I had to get the catheter in as well while I was awake that's the most horrific thing ever oh my god it was so painful so painful um so knocked out so all of that is complete blur poor Tony was outside and you didn't kind of think into me either how he was feeling during all that because he was sat out there and he said people are going in and out and he was kind of you know how's Siobhan how's Siobhan how's Siobhan and they were like oh yes grand you know it's just another day to them I suppose I don't know just yeah he was he was beside himself and then he heard baby cry and he was brought in to Dara and he said, he said, I saw bits of you. He said, I never want to see you again. Like he said, I was on the table and he said, the bits of you outside of you. He said, like, which I never knew before as well, that if you're having a section, they might have to take bits out to get baby out. Um, so he was with Dara. Dara was absolutely perfect. 36 plus three and he was seven pounds, one ounce. So he was oh, not boy. a bother. <laughs> healthy boy. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, he was born at 36, or 1836, it was wrote in my hand, so I remember that. Um, very yeah, quick then, after, after the nurse's visit. Yeah, 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 very quick, very quick. Um, and I was brought back up then to the labour ward, and they kept me there, and I can remember the midwife bringing him in, 
and they gave them to me and my parents were there. Tony's parents were there and Tony was there and they're all looking down at me and I was just holding my arms and they're like, oh my God, look at him. And he's looking up at his mammy and that. I can still remember my head just looking going, I don't give a fuck. Like just, just take him away. I'm so tired. And <laughs> just, I had no inclination at the time. Um, because the general is, is hu- a huge toll on your body as well. It's not just, you know, it's, it yeah. can take you a long time to recover. Well, that's it because they kept me on the labour ward for two nights after I had him like and all that sort of stuff didn't really sink in until much later it was like you know obviously mm. I wasn't well in myself if, if I was kept on the labour ward for two nights just for closer observation I'm guessing like you know um, and they were very good because they knew I wanted to breastfeed and they did bring him in and out to me to try and put him to the breast but even though he was big he was still preemie um and they had yeah. a tube he was tube fed as well so he was in skaboo um and they bring him in and out and try him on the boob and it wasn't really working so he was given formula um which is fine didn't bother me in slightest um and it didn't affect our journey at all he fed for two years and seven months so oh. like <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was a boob monster <laughs> once he got on he wasn't getting <laughs> off <laughs> um so yes, that was the first night and second night. Saturday night and Sunday night were in the labour ward. And then the Monday night, I went back to the general ward. And I was just, I was so teary-eyed. And just the ward I was in, there's three other girls. Um, it was in South Tape General. That's Their wards are only four beds anyway. But the other three girls were all still pregnant. And I was the only one who had a baby. And then I obviously didn't have my baby with me. Um and I just remember there was one girl in there and she'd visit us until like 10 o'clock at night and I just needed my sleep. And and so could you get up and go visit him then or what type of pain? Yeah, level? yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. went in, I was wheeled in on the Sunday into him more. I have pictures from that when I went into him on the Sunday to see him. Okay. And on the Monday I went in and out. But it's kind of weird like when your baby is in Skaboo or, you know, any of those places like you feel like you're not allowed to touch them and just mm. like you're asking the midwife to say, what do I do? And they were all lovely except there was one midwife and remember she kind of gave out to me and I was like, you know, I've never changed a nappy before. Like, you know, do I do him or do I leave him? Or, and then at one point I had him on the boob and he was feeding away and she's like, right, we'll give him his top up of formula. And he was getting two like vials of stuff uh, of the formula and gave him the first one and then she's like right we give him the second one now and I was like well will he need it I said because you know he's been on the breast and she's like no 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 we'll give it to him so I was like well she's a midwife she knows best so I gave him the second one and god love him he was full to the brim it all just came out it came out his nose it came out his mouth he was just so full of milk um yeah but that was fine then the Tuesday morning yeah, Tuesday came around and I got an, a diaphene suppository for the pain and okay. guessing it was that, but we don't know. But I ended up having diarrhea and I said it to one of the girls in Skaboo and they're like, you shouldn't be in here if you're diarrhea. And they're like, you could have a bug. So they're like, go down to the nurse's station and say it. So I went down to the nurse's station and said, it's like, look, I have diarrhea. And they're like, right, you have to go into isolation. Um, you could have a bug you can't go near school and I was like what so ended up having to spend two nights in isolation um, just <laughs> hanging <laughs> hanging so I didn't see him then for 48 hours um, yeah and did Tony and my, get in to see him was he able to Tony was in and out yeah Tony was in and out but in the meantime we just finished an extension at home so when he wasn't up in the hospital he was at home trying to paint trying to 
get everything sorted so that myself and Dara could come home to a somewhat clean <laughs> house yeah. that was somewhat put together. Um, but they were good. Like they gave me, they gave me a breast pump to have in the room with me in isolation. Um, so I was pumping away, and I ring the bell. Then they come take the milk and bring it up to him. So that was what that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. So then by the Thursday, they said, "Look, here they just took samples and stuff, and they said there's no bug. It must have been a reaction to the diphene." Um, so he was allowed to with me on the Thursday. We finally got together and we got to room oh, in. Yeah, yeah. He, the tube was out and everything at that stage and went on to the boob, not a bother. Um, Were you nervous yeah. about that, just being left alone with him then? <sighs> not really, I can't. No, I think I was just happy to actually finally have him at that point. Mm. Um, yeah, just to have him with me. Um, yeah, I don't remember being overly nervous at that point. Um, so yeah we roomed in together on the Thursday and then the Friday came and yeah the pediatrician checked him out and that and his latch had been a little bit sore um, and the pediatrician checked him out and said oh he's there's you know a bit of a tongue tie there I can get my colleague to look at anyone who's you know down this end of the country uh, Justin Roach he'd be you know fairly well known for babies with tongue tie and he's in South Tip General um but I was just I wanted to get out of the hospital so I was like no 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 it's fine it's fine it's fine um it's fine just leave it um so we got discharged from hospital just pure delighted um came home and the breastfeeding really hurt like for yeah I think it was I know it's it's about four weeks or so and then I said look I have to get something done um so we got referred went out to Justin got it sniffed when he was six weeks old it was just it was so excruciating every time he latched on like I was nearly oh just grabbing onto stuff and it was horrible but I'm stubborn so (laughs) I kept going um yeah um and recovery wise yeah like I kind of knew it would be tough after a section um because it's surgery um wasn't prepared for how much you use your stomach muscles for little things like mm. getting out of a bed or getting up out of the couch stuff like that um but recover quite well like yeah within I was back to driving after four weeks and my doctor signed mm. me off um yeah um so recovery wise is fine then what I suppose the baby blues and all that I wasn't prepared for that that took me a long time to kind of get over it now what we describe it um, yeah I was going to ask you so how did obviously everything was all go 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 with the, with Darren everything new baby and so when did it kind of hit you that everything happened so fast and he was a preemie and you had a section because obviously it wasn't much you had expected would happen yeah um it was it was good while I suppose maybe after like I, I cried a lot I cried an awful lot I, I seem to on both my babies um I don't know did COVID affect this one this time mm-hmm. around but um yeah I, I I was still crying by the time he was seven months in that at the start it was nearly every day and then as he got older it was at least weekly and yeah and I think the birth it did affect me a lot like the fact that myself and Tony missed his birth just oh it just it upset me so much and I cried so much over it and the fact that he's preemie, you know, that was, you know, he's fine. He was a hardy little boy. If, if mm. I'm on full term, he would have been massive. Um, but yeah, just the fact that we both missed his birth really did upset me. And then as it went for time went further on, I kind of realized the sever- severity of it all. And it's like, God, you know, 
things could have gone a lot worse, you know. Mm. You know, you can go into liver and kidney failure with help syndrome. It's a possibility you could die from it. And, you know, it was a lot more serious than I ever gave a thought. Um, but you look, nothing like that happened. It was all caught really quickly and it was at the latter stages of the pregnancy. I remember that as well. I had a scan the night I went in and the doctor was given out to me. He's like, do you smoke? And I was like, no, no, never smoked. He's like, you sure you don't smoke? And I was like, no. He's like, you have calcification of your placenta. And I was like, right. Um, early calcification of the placenta, apparently it happens more if you go over terms. So if you go over 40 weeks and that your placenta can start to calcify. calcify. Um, and you can see it more in women who smoke. Um, so that mm-hmm. kind of played in my mind a bit as well. Because it's like, you know, if, if I had onto term and it hadn't been picked up like could something have happened Dara if if the placenta had started to harden like would he mm. have been cut off from oxygen and blood supply and all that um so that played on my mind a little bit as well and just sure overthinking everything um but yeah I, I time is a great healer is what I'll say and like I did get over it eventually that you know that we did miss the birth but you know, everything turned out okay and it's okay now. Like, yeah, and I'm, did you I'm okay go back, with it now. Did you go back to the hospital for a debriefing or did they offer you anything afterwards? Like in terms they offered of counselling or? Not at the time. They offered me when I went in on Roisin um, okay. to have Roisin, the booking in. The One of the midwife says, you know, we can go through your notes from Dara. And at the time I said, no, in hindsight, I should have just said, yeah, look, it'd be nice to go through it. But at the time I was like, no, it's okay. Um, and they have during the pregnancy with Roisin as well I met with a mental health midwife um, on two occasions Um, but at the time when I had Dara and nothing was offered then I don't think there was anything available back then Um, but there is now which is great Um, especially in the current times for a lot of women I'd say a lot of women would be using that facility Definitely, I hope so, yeah, because I think people just need to know that it's there because they can avail of it there's a lot more support there, yeah yeah. And so when did you feel like you started coming out of the, the baby blues where it's, you know. So I remember he was christened, he was christened late, he was eight months. And I remember the run up to his christening, I just, the full week I was just bawling, just any bit of stress, I just couldn't cope. And like in in hindsight again, just because Roisin, <laughs> Roisin is a different baby, but Dara was, he was a dream of a baby. He didn't sleep, like he still doesn't particularly sleep, I'd say it's only in the last few months that he might sleep through the night but it's still fairly rare um so that was hard for a long time and probably sleep deprivation does you know play a part in in the tears and all that the tears lasted a long long time for me so I'd know if I had a touch of postpartum depression or not or if it's just I don't deal well with stress (laughs) so it could be a lot of that as well um but yeah I don't think I was prepared for that side of things I thought you know you have your baby everything's sunshine and roses and everything's fine and dandy when it's not and with the breastfeeding then as well like he's just he never took a bottle he never took a doji so it's as handy as breastfeeding is it's it's very um oh what's the word I'm looking for demanding very demanding it can be very isolating at times like you know if you're trying to go for a night out you know it's like, well, I can't really stay out that late because I know he won't settle for Tony and it'll be me he's looking for or I can't really go there now because he'll want the boob. And yeah, so that's 
found that hard. But at the same time, I still went till he was two years and seven months because it's just, it's easier in some respects. So when did you guys just start trying then for Roisin? We did miscarriage in between Dara and Roisin. Um, okay. So again, you know, got my ovulation sticks, had my little tracker and first go, we were pregnant. Um, and yeah, then it was, what year are we now? 2020. So it was the beginning. It was Christmas 2018. Yeah, it was the day before your New Year's. It was the 30th of January. And I had a little bit of light burn spotting for a day or two. And I just said, look, I'll just go to the doctors, get it checked. She sent me up to the hospital. She said, look, probably fine. Just go for a little scan. And went up. Tony was at home with Dara. So I just rang Bam. I was like, look, any chance he could just pop up for me? She lives quite close to the hospital. And she's like, yeah, no bother. And went up and they put the scan on. And you could see as clear as day, like there was a little sack there, but there was nothing in it. It was completely empty. Um, and the poor like consultant, I just closed down completely. And he's like, look, I can't see anything. He said, you know, the dates could be off. And I was like, no, I know my dates a hundred percent. Um, he's like, it might be a little early. And I was like, no. And he's like, any questions? I was like, no, just leave me get out of here. He's like, we'll bring you back in 10 days just to check again. Um, so left, didn't even say much to my poor mom. Um, and she just went off in her car. I went home to poor Tony. He's like, well, and I was like, it's gone. He's like, what? And I was like, it's gone. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, there's nothing there. Um, and yeah, I got it signed off for work then as well for that week. Oh yeah, that was the 30th. The 31st of January came. I think I went to bed at like nine o'clock. I was like, I just couldn't be arsed. I'm not dealing with this right now. Um, and that was the Monday I went to the doctor. And then the Thursday, the bleeding started and oh I wasn't prepared for how hard a miscarriage is the pains yeah, yeah. um so intense really really intense and the blood as well just couldn't get over the volume of blood um and it was fairly long like it was started sort of like I know I think it was 10 o'clock in the morning and it was seven or eight no eight or nine that night I think when I actually passed it and the pains just instantly went away um yeah, look, we obviously, we cried a lot over it, you know, of, of the what, what could have happened and, mm. you know, hope and all that. And, but, you know, got on with it and I gave myself a period. Um, and then the next month is like, right, we're trying again. And poor Tony <laughs> wasn't well that month. And I was like, right, I'm ovulating, I'm ovulating. And he's like, I really, I just, I'm so sick. And I was like, oh my God, for fuck's sake. So that month was <laughs> laughing to us. It's like, really? Can you not just try? <laughs> God love him. He just couldn't. So that month was lost to us. And then the next month got my ovulation sticks and all that again. And tried and we we're pregnant. Um, so like, we're blessed three pregnancies and basically pregnant first go um three times um so yeah i went to the doctor and because of the miscarriage they said you know you go for the early reassurance scan i think that was at seven weeks and went up to the hospital and they could see a sack but they couldn't see anything in it so panic then set in i was like oh god it's going to happen again now and the consultant did an internal and he said look he said i'm pretty sure this is a viable pregnancy um and when we left Tony's like look he wouldn't have said that he said unless he thought and they're like you know your dates could be wrong and again I was like no I know my dates 100 percent 
So it was brought back. Oh, and then I did a bit of brown spotting again after that, but that was obviously from the internal um, uh, scan. But yeah, just, oh, I was just in pieces. It's like, it's going to happen again. I just, I can't deal with this. Um, brought back 10 days later and they did a scan and they could see something this time. There was a little heartbeat, a little flicker. Oh, so I'm delighted. Yeah. And um, they said, look, I was due to go on holidays with my mom my first time away in four years. So I was just so excited. So they said, look, we'll bring you back just before you go on your holidays. I think that was in five days or six days time. They're like, we'll bring you back just once more, just for another scan, just be 100% sure. So brought me back in. And that time they're like, yeah, look, your dates match up. You know, I think I was just 10 weeks and they're like yeah you know you're 10 weeks perfect baby's perfect so delighted that's great that they they brought you in yeah they were so lovely yeah 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 they were so lovely so lovely um so yeah so Roisin's pregnancy I always described as the pregnancy that kept giving um because it just literally just kept giving (laughs) so that was the start of it then I had the nausea and vomiting um nausea more so than vomiting was just oh it was horrible. I, I nearly preferred the vomiting because at least, you know, you get a bit of a reprieve after the vomiting. So I remember that on Dara, it was every lunch hour. I'd eat my lunch and it would come back up and then I'd have to go make another lunch. That um, was like clockwork, but Roisin, it was just just constantly feeling sick. So that eventually went and then the headaches started and they were just horrible. And then that went and it was about 19 weeks pregnant and my pelvis started to give me trouble oh and in between that my thyroid was the thyroid levels were after was it under over I can't remember my thyroid was acting up and I had to go to the thyroid clinic but that leveled itself and then another visit I had a pain on my right side that radiated towards my back so they had to send me to any in case there was appendicitis okay. um, <laughs> so it's just every appointment that I went there was just something something with, with routine um I remember the first appointment the consultant is lovely Dr Atty is his name um oh just he's a lovely lovely man and he's like why did you have to go and have help syndrome he's like why did you do this to me um <laughs> laughing and he's like I had a lady he said uh, a few months ago with so he said I'm a pro in it now he said I'll look after you don't you worry so because I was high risk then because of that and I think I'd wrote it down somewhere. I think I had 28 appointments in total between my doctor and the hospital. Yeah. Um, Between everything. Just, you know, best friends with them. Um, So, yeah. So, pregnancy was going along fine. The pelvis was, oh, that was horrible. I could barely move um, with the pain. And did you go to physio? I went to the physio up in the hospital. They referred me for that. And she gave me a few um, exercises to do. And she gave me a belly. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, but with my job and work, I'm up and down out of my desk a lot, and it used to hurt. It used to dig into me when I was sitting down, so. I just I left it off because it was just it was causing more discomfort at times yeah. than it was worth. Um, excuse me. So just basically couldn't move much for the pregnancy. I like I exercise a bit. Um, but I don't think I walk for six months because I just literally couldn't even going around the shops. It was just so painful. I remember going for a meal with my friends on two occasions and having to get up from the the table for sitting for too long like the pain was just so intense it felt like my pelvis was just going to break in two so having to get up and just stand behind the chair for a while and then sit back down for a while then get up and stand for a while and sit back down and just it's so different oh, to your pregnancy with Dara like you were going to the oh, gym and everything yeah 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 Dara's pregnancy was a dream absolute dream um so yeah so I was in regularly for my blood pressure checks and when I was 32 weeks pregnant yeah they brought me in and my my um, blood pressure had skyrocketed. It was like, I don't know, it was 168 over 99 or something like that. So they're like, look, we need to keep you in. And the tears just came. And mm. I was just like, oh my God, they're keeping me in. The blood pressure is going up. And I think all the fears then of Dara really started to come back again. I was like, it's going to happen again. Um, and God love him. He was a student um, doctor who's on his placement and he was a lovely Irish doctor. And it just, I think he just felt so sorry for me and he felt so sorry for doing it to me. And he's like, look, you have to. He's like, you know, Dr. Ashia came in then and he was chatting to me 
So the midwife is lovely. She's like, look, I'll get you a good bed. And anyone who knows South Tip General, it overlooks the, you can see all the mountains and stuff on the other side. So the good beds are the ones by the window because at least you have a view to look out at. Um, so I got a window bed. Um, and I remember then I just couldn't stop crying. And then they came around and they gave me the injections, the steroids for his lungs. And then that just really freaked me out because I was like, oh my God, you know, he's, he's obviously, he's going to come if they're, why are they give me the steroid injections if, if, you know, if, if they're not worried about, about yeah. her or whatever. Um, and then I met Jan, is the name of the mental health midwife up in South Tip. And she said, look, you know, would you like to have a little chat? So I had to chat with her and she gave me her number. Not, not that I ever contacted her, but, um, you know, she kind of reassured me a bit. Um, and I calmed myself down a little bit. And I think I was kept in for three nights and went home. I was putting blood pressure tablets and I managed to get a blood pressure machine off of a friend um, and they were happy. You know, I said, look, I'll check it twice a day. And she's like, fine, look, we leave you home. Check it twice a day. If it goes up at all, you come straight back into us. So, yeah, so the appointments ramped up at that point. I think I was every week between my GP and the hospital. And obviously I've signed off from work at that point as well. Um, all along as well, um, my consultant had said, we'd go for a VBAC and you know I was delighted with that and he said we won't leave you go past 38 weeks because of the history of the health syndrome and because of high blood pressure um so I was like fine so in my head the goal was 38 weeks and delighted as well because I wouldn't have to go to 40 weeks I think everyone everyone ideally would like to go with 38 weeks um 38 weeks came and I was like well what's the plan he's like is that you're fine he says you know he said why would I do Anthony said you know you're you're perfect baby's perfect he said baby will come and baby's ready I was like all right um well that was about 37 weeks um I thought we'd have to get a plan in place um so he said look he bring me in at 38 weeks and I got a sweep um that did nothing brought me back in uh 39 weeks another sweep that did nothing and then brought me in at 39 39 plus four um and that was my third sweep and that one hurt um yeah and there was a bit of blood with that one and she said no she said you're definitely she said you know I think there's something there because I've been getting little contractions the whole time which I hadn't realized were you know mini Braxton Hicks or whatever it was one of the midwives said it she's like can you not feel those and I was like no not really and then she had her hand on my belly and she's like can you not feel that and I said oh, I thought that's baby just pressing on my bladder and she's like no that's that's a contraction I was like all right so I'm getting them alongside she's like all right, there you go so that was the Thursday anyway I got the third sweep and then I woke up on the Friday morning and had a show and I was like oh um I think it was about six o'clock in the morning and started to get pains and timed and bit and I was like I think this is it I think this is the start of it so I sent Tony off to work I said look it's fine um Dara went to play school in the morning and my parents collected them then in the meantime I texted my two best friends as well and I was like oh I think I'm in labour um I was like I'm going to head up to Tesco's in a little bit just potter around and my friend was like I'm going up to Woody's and for a saunter around there if you want to come so I said get grand so I went up to Woody's we went to Costa for coffee and that I remember being in Woody's and having to stop because uh, I was getting a contraction and she's like you okay and I was like yeah yeah just getting a contraction and a lady passed me and her face nearly dropped mm. <laughs> grand <laughs> fine <laughs> so yeah laboured away fine went back home uh, I think I went to bed for a little bit or just laid down 
got the exercise ball out and you know just bounced away I put Dara to bed that night um yeah he was gone off the boob at that stage I had to wean him when I was five months pregnant because the pain was just excruciating every time he latched on um yeah so my mom had been texting me the whole time she's like do you want us to come up to Dara and I was like no no it's grand um and she kept texting me so I think at about half nine I gave in I was like look okay come up in you know half an hour to an hour and she's like fine um I think I had a shower as well at that point as well just to freshen myself up um so they came up yeah I think they came up just after 10 or thereabouts and mom was like I think you should go to the hospital and I was like look I'm fine I'm grand I'm happy here and she's like look I think you should go so it was just after 11 I think when we left and got into the car um dad drove us up when I got into the car they just seemed to ramp up straight away and I think they were every four mm-hmm. minutes apart um so I got up to the hospital and she put a trace on me and they're still you know it was fine I was doing okay and she checked me and she's like oh you're three to four and I was just so disappointed I was like oh my god is that all I am and she's like yeah she says you know you're doing all right she's like do you want anything I was like no no I'm fine so they gave me a bed and an award and my son Tony just walked up and down the corridors um for a little while and then I said to Tony, he's like, I don't, I don't think we were walking up and down the corridor that long, half an hour or so maybe. And I was like, you know, things are starting to get quite sore. It's like, I think I need something at this point. So he went and found the midwife and she's like, right, look, we'll bring you down to the labour ward. Um, so went down and she gave me a bit of gas and air. And I think they put the trace on me again. Yeah. And Dara's heart rate started to dip. So I just went on to my left side. Um, and I wasn't in there overly long. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't in there that long at all, um, maybe 20 minutes or so. And I just felt really pressure. And I was like, I said it to you, I started to get a little bit agitated at that stage because, you know, Tony said I didn't make a sound. Just, you know, I think I just went in on myself and just yeah. focused on what I was doing. And, and you did you do any, sorry, did you do any antenatal classes? Like, did you do any um, hypnobirthing or a gentle birth or anything like that? No, I no, did antenatal okay. classes um, on Dara, um, but I didn't do any hypnobirthing, gentle birthing, anything okay. like that. Um, um, yeah, so I just, I remember just feeling a pressure, just a really intense pressure. And she's like, can I, can I check you? And I said, yeah, fine. And she checked me. She said, you're about seven, she said, but I can break your waters if you like. And just the pressure was so intense. I was like, yes, please just break them. And she broke them. And oh, it was just a relief straight away. And God love her, she got absolutely saturated. I had a lot of waters. Um, but she broke them. And then she's like, and I was like, I have to push. I have to push. And she's like, you're 10 centimetres. So it just. Wow, it was quick. Yeah. yeah it went so quick. Um, and there was, oh yeah, there was meconium in the water as well. And it was quite dark. So she said, look, there's meconium in the water. I panicked at that because we knew of someone who had a baby and there was a lot of difficulties with the baby after that. Um, so I think I freaked out a little bit at that. And yeah, there was a load of people brought into the room at that point, obviously, because he'd have to be checked over or she, mm. she'd have to be checked over um so yeah so they took the I think they took the gas and air off me at that point and they're like you know if you want to push push um yeah um and Tony all along had said you know I'm not looking I'm not looking down there no way I'm looking down there <laughs> but he said you know he couldn't help but look yeah um, but yeah, I started pushing and I'd looked at my labour notes afterwards, but seven minutes I had to push out in. Um, 
just she flew out absolutely flew out so they took her over straight away and she didn't cry straight away which was a good thing because they were able to suction her out just in case there's any meconium in her um and yeah they brought her over to me then and the midwife said she was a diva and the minute she came out and we have she's been proven right (laughs) this routine is just she's hard work (laughs) such hard work um yeah put her on to me and she just wouldn't stop crying and I just remember then of the pain I just I I tore um I just second degree tear but I just I I found that pain worse like I could cope with the labor not a bother even when I was pushing her out I don't remember feeling any pain when I was in the pushing stages like I honestly don't change isn't it yeah yeah I I don't remember yeah there was no pain when I was pushing her like that's why I asked even with yeah. how you dealt with the labour. I asked you to do anything there to help you cope. You seem to have coped really well. No, yeah. Um, like Tony said, I didn't make a sound. I just, and that's it. I kept my eyes closed for the whole pushing. Like, so, and again, I would have loved if the midwife had said, put your hand down or Siobhan, open your eyes, open your eyes to have a look. Because in my head, it's like, you know, I, you know, not that I missed it, but I'd love to be able to see it just to, you know, see her coming out or mm. just to see her look again silly little things I suppose you think about um but yeah I just remember the pain and then my placenta wouldn't come so they had to get the consultant to come um so he came and I, I yeah I was on a lot of gas and air at that point because just the pain down there um so I what did he do to help um get the placenta I, down? I think they gave me some injection of something yeah um, I can't particularly remember and yeah he just was easing it out and then right. Yeah, so it eventually came out um, and then there was a bit of bleeding afterwards and Tony said, he's just like, he said, said, you're like a chicken. He said, he's just putting his hands into you and just taking bits out. He's like, and he says, just blood and bits everywhere. Um, And then I think it was from too much gas and air at that point when they went to stitch me up. I just, I couldn't stop shaking. I was just, I freaking out. I know like even before I had the babies, like, thoughts of labour never bothered me particularly like you know I, I reckon I'd go pain threshold I could cope but the thoughts of stitches just yeah. freaked me out really just freaked me out they just seemed so unnatural to have stitches down there um so yeah so the midwife had to give out to me a little bit and just say you have to calm down she said we cannot stitch you when you're shaking this much um so eventually I did a calm down and they managed to stitch me up and I know it was because of the blood loss or what um but they said look we'll keep you in here for an hour or two just to make sure everything's okay um and they put tampons in two tampons so and then she wanted me to to pee before I left the room and she's like look I'll just stick a catheter in and take it out again I was like no 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 so I walked to the toilet and came back and I was wicked dizzy so she's like look I'll put you in a wheelchair and we'll bring you down so I got down to the ward, I think it was, I don't know, yeah, it was about five o'clock or something at that point. And I just remember feeling so deflated. I just, I was probably tiredness and stuff. Um, and I had a little cry at that point and Tony's there and he's like, look, it's fine, you know, everything's okay. And the tea and toast came and I didn't want it. Never got tea and toast on Dara either. Um, yeah, and I just remember just feeling so deflated in myself and that. Why, why again, do you think probably, that was? I don't know, was it just tiredness or just mm. after Dara, I just wanted, you know, the perfect birth. I just wanted everything to go really well because things had gone so bad on him, I suppose. And 
although the labour and the birth part is fine, the after bit was just, yeah, didn't go as, as I had wanted. Um, yeah, and then that was born on, on a Saturday, uh, same as Dara. Dara was a Saturday and she was £7 one ounce, the same as Dara. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, three days between their birthdays as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was fine. Um, yeah, that was, she was born, sorry, Friday night, Saturday morning. Saturday was fine. Then the Saturday night came and I was just so exhausted, so, so exhausted. And Again, I didn't realize this till later. Um, I think it's from listening to the other podcasts and stuff. Like the midwives came and they asked me, like, do you want us to take her for the night? Um, and I thought they just did this for everyone. But I think they kind of do it for women who need it. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah. So I can remember it was about nine o'clock in the evening feeding her. And I was literally, the head just kept dipping. I was just, I just couldn't stay awake. Um so they took her that night and they're like, do you mind if we give her formula? I said, not a bother. Um, give it to her, it'll be fine. Um, from Dara, like from him being on formula for the yeah. first five days, it didn't bother me. I was like, you know, um, it's it's not going to hinder our breastfeeding journey in the slightest. Um, I think that's one thing that annoys me as well. Like certain people just are so anti-formula and that. And, you know, a breastfed baby can't have a bit of formula, um, yeah. you know. It, it's not going to harm them in any way. Um, you know, there's a place for it, I think. Um, Absolutely. That, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, they took her on the Saturday night and then, yeah, the Saturday night, then I think it was the Sunday. Um, I wasn't prepared as well for the pain. Um, I was just, you know, they say women walk like John Wayne after they have a baby and I really was. It was just so sore, so, so sore. Um, and I remember my cousin telling me she, after she had her second baby, she was doing the school run, um, dropping her other child to school after three days. And I'm like, how? Like, mm. I can barely move. This is just, I'm in such pain. The recovery is better nearly from the section than it was from a vaginal birth, which wasn't prepared for either. Um, so yeah, so then the Sunday, I remember lying in the bed and the next thing half, my vision went really, really blurry. It was like, it was pixelated is the only way to describe it. And I was just sitting there and I was like, I can't see properly. Yeah, it was my left side was fine and my right side was just really pixelated. And I tried to get my phone out to text Tony and I was like, I can't even see my phone properly. So buzzed the nurses and the tears were coming again at that point. And I think they came and took my bloods. But after after about an hour, it went back to normal. So not quite sure what happened, but the bloods all came back fine. My blood pressure was fine. Um, so I don't, I still don't know what happened there. Um, just another blip in the routine, <laughs> pregnancy and afterbirth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yes. Yeah, so they took Roisin again that night, the Sunday night. Um, and, and did Jean yeah. come see you? Was it Jean? Is that her name? Did she come see yeah, you? Yeah, Jean, she did. She came and saw me. I can't remember what stage in it, but she came and saw me. Um, and at that stage, I think it was after the vision and stuff and all that. And I was, I was in a good place. I was like, no, no, I'm happy out. You know, even the love came differently for Dara. It took, it took a while for, you know, you know, he's your baby. And I did, I loved him, but I wasn't in love with him. If you get me mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not even, I suppose, I didn't love him from the start. I liked him. He's, you know, he's my child. <laughs> he's lovely and all that, but I could have quite happily given him back for a long time. Um, but with her, I did come a little bit quicker. Um, still not instant. I, I, I didn't have instant love for either of my children, like, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're beautiful, they're gorgeous, but 
you know, there are times you quite happily give them back. Um, but yeah, um, I remember that the guilt as well when when she did come home and oh, just Dara was just my everything, and it's like oh god, yeah, I can't give it the time, yeah. and especially when you're breastfeeding, you're just so stuck under baby. Um, but yeah, uh, back in the hospital then as well, I had I started passing a few clots, um, so they had to check those and they scanned me before I left, and they said everything was fine. Um, so we got home, and. Yeah, I was expecting the postpartum sweats because I had those something wicked on Dara. I used to change my clothes during the night and everything on him. Just the postpartum sweating was unreal. But I didn't have that on her. I just remember I was so cold all the time. And it was just over a week and a bit postpartum. And I went to the toilet one day and I could see something hanging out. And I thought, oh, was that the stitches dissolving? And I pulled it and it was a piece of membrane or tissue. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, what will I do? So I put it in piece of tissue and you know I said it to Tony and he's like look we better ring so I rang the maternity or unit at the labour ward and there was no answer and I think did I try a second time I didn't want to go back up to hospital and I tried again mm-hmm. and there was no answer so I just left it um, and I happened to keep it in the fridge I just had a little tupperware container and I just put it in the fridge um, I think that was possibly the Sunday night and then the Thursday night woke up during the night feeding Roisin and I moved in the bed and I felt something come out and I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. And went to the bathroom and it was a massive clot, like oh, probably the size of my fist um, and the pad was just absolutely soaked. So I was like, right, I'll have to go scary. Back. A little bit and I changed the pad and that soaked pretty quick and I was like, right, that's filling, you know, within half an hour or less. I was like, you know, that's, that's not right. That's, you know, postpartum hemorrhage, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back in and they left Roisin obviously back in with me as well because she wasn't even two weeks. Um, great thing about that is we got a private room because babies who've been discharged can't be in with babies who've just been born because okay. uh, of risk of infection and stuff. So they gave me IV antibiotics and they did a few scans and the consultant basically said, look, he said, you know, we can't be guaranteed everything's out or that this won't happen again. So I had to have a DNC. Um, so I got that done. Um, yeah. And I remember as well, it was the anesthetist. I asked, it's like, you know, how long do I have to go without breastfeeding? Um, and he was like, oh, 48 hours. And I was like, what? I was like, my baby's, you know, two weeks old. And he's like, oh, um, maybe 24. And I was like, you know what he's like oh six hours it's like okay whoa <laughs> yeah so I, honestly I think they just make these things up and if I thought about it like when Dara was born I had a general anesthetic and he was a few hours old when yeah. they tried to bring him in and put him to the breast so if I thought about it logically I was like you know she was fine she would have been fine so I had the DNC that was fine a little bit of pain afterwards but it was grand and we get discharged then the next day um Yes, that was when she was two weeks. We had Christmas. And then after that, when she was about three weeks old, oh, just the screaming started. I ended up having an oversupply of milk. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Like, you know, you hear oversupply and you think, she have loads of milk, that's great. Um, and I had a really fast letdown. So every time she latched on, she was just, she was drowning in milk and she used to be on and off and just screaming and just, I think possibly she did a little bit of colic or something um, as well, but feeding was just horrendous and she was just such a cranky baby, just always screaming, 
couldn't be left down at all. Just couldn't be in the car seat, didn't like the buggy, um, didn't like the sling, just didn't like anything. So met up with IBLBC, is that the correct way to say it? Um, and she was lovely. Like she, when I went to see her, she said like babies should, breastfed babies should like suck, 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 swallow. Whereas Roshim was just swallow, 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 because it was okay. just coming out so quick. Couldn't keep up. Couldn't keep up. It was just, there was so much there. So I did block feeding um, and, yeah, laid back feeding. Um, and that eventually, it, it seemed to write itself. Um, but did it you have just, that with Dara? No. Um, no the okay. supply was perfect with him. Um, but it was just, it was so hard. Of, yeah, oversupply is just, it's awful. Um yeah, so that didn't help the postpartumness between, you know, the two weeks being in and then this. And then when she was eight weeks old, she ended up in hospital with bronchitis. Well, possible bronchi- bronchitis. So it just felt, our postpartum journey just felt like, you know, we're never going to catch a break. Um, so bald when we were in there, but they were lovely. I have to say they were so good in there. And I remember... We were given a private room again because she was only eight weeks. She hadn't had any vaccinations at that point. Um, she was, yeah, I think she was just a day before eight weeks when she went in. Um, yeah, they checked her a few times. The RSV virus, they checked her for that and she came up negative for that twice. And then they thought she did urine infection. Um, and then I was like, oh God, you know, I haven't wiped her properly. And then that came back negative. You know, she doesn't have that. And they're like, you know, we think she's bronchitis. Um, and of course, in my head now, I was like, did she have COVID? <laughs> she had high temperature, a cough, <laughs> um, respiratory problems, fast breathing. Uh, she probably didn't. But look, I think anybody who's had anybody sick early this year will automatically yeah. think they've had it. Um, but yeah, we got discharged from that uh, after four days we spent in hospital. But I remember a midwife came in at one stage and I was just really upset. And like Dara's never had an antibiotic. Um, and I just thought Roisin was like, well, what's the point? You know, I'm doing this to give her the best start. And, you know, breast milk is supposed to be, you know, brilliant and provide them with all these antibodies. And she's only eight weeks and she's sick already. What's, you know, is she going to continue to get sick all the time? And a lovely midwife came in. She's like, no, no. She said, you can see the difference between the breastfed babies and, you know, formula babies. She said, breastfed babies are never as sick as the formula babies. She said, don't you worry. She said, you know, she said, you do notice. She said, yeah. So she said, keep at it. Um, And then I remember being discharged. The doctor mustn't have had any children because I was like, you know, how long should I keep her away from places and that? Um. And she's like, you know, it's expected maybe two weeks or something. Um, and she's like, you know, don't be bringing her to the supermarket or don't be bringing her to, you know, Costa Coffee or, you know, anywhere like that or, you know, out for lunch. And I was like, all right, for how long? She's like, well, until at least she's a year. I was like, seriously? Oh, <laughs> like, you expect me not to have a life for a year? Yeah. And then COVID hit when she was 13 weeks. Um, so yeah. the tears continued on then at that point because... Like Roisin is nine months now. She has only ever napped on me or if we go for a walk, she'll fall asleep. It's She's hard just, going. It's hard going. Really, really hard going. So that's why I reckon she possibly had a bit of reflux or something because she just yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't lie down at all. Um, but yeah, such a hard baby. Wasn't prepared for that either because, you know, it's your second baby. You think it's going to be so much easier. And it wasn't like... Oh, especially lockdown I just found that so incredibly hard so so hard because you know you're stuck at home 
poor Dara is just watching telly all day long because uh, Tony is off the walls at work and you know she's on me 24 7 like she wouldn't go into a bouncer she wouldn't do anything just she had to be up the whole time with you um gotten a little bit better she's gotten older but still still hard work I have to say <laughs> and how were yeah. you then emotionally how did you feel in comparison to those months following Dara's birth like I probably cried as much on Roshi in, in in you know the months gone by possibly because Covid you know it might have been a bit easier or, or possibly um I don't know I like I'd I don't know what I, I get stressed quite easily and I think I would have a little bit of anxiety um like there a little while ago her temperature went up to I think it was 37.8 you know teething 99% teething but I remember I checked it and then you know that feeling where um you start swallowing saliva like you're going to get sick yeah, that starts yeah. building up in me and I said it to mom she's like that's anxiety she went I was like really she's like yeah and I know that's stemming from when she was sick and just the thoughts of any of us getting COVID is just, it petrifies me, it really does. Especially like if I got it, like how would Russian cope without the boob? And mm. if the kids got it, if I passed it on to somebody else, it just, so yeah, so I don't know if that's, you know, postpartum anxiety, if that's just me, if, if that's accumulation of everything that happened between all our hospital visits and stays at the start like within three months I was in hospital four times so just yeah just you know probably all does take a little bit of a toll I have mm. talked talked about going to see um a therapist just yeah, you know yeah. to talk things out and that but the, the weeks that you're good you're like yeah she'll look on grand and I know grand. Yeah, yeah yeah and then you'd still have a bad week and you're like no no I'm going to do this I'm going to do this because last week was a little bit of a bad week so I'll get there <laughs> So that's it and that's our babies and we are 100% done <laughs> are you yeah I wouldn't, yeah no wouldn't if I could have no no not even if I could have but yeah no just if I got Roshan's pregnancy again I couldn't cope and I, I don't think I could cope the newborn stage again I just find that so yeah. hard just the endless tears and it's just so so hard it really is that those first three months like it's just so intense I just couldn't do it again for my own mental health I don't think I could do it again yeah. and I just couldn't go through Roisin's pregnancy again it's just it was just so hard <laughs> and did the hospital follow up um with you in terms of mental health um the midwife did she get in touch with you then when you were home no she gave me her number and told her to give her um a ring if I ever right. needed needed to but I didn't so yeah yeah, I'm going to request my hospital notes. So I said I yeah, request yeah. the hospital notes on both births. Um, just give them one a look over. And even on Roisin's, actually, I took a, um, a picture of the labour notes. Um, oh, yeah, I never folder. took that. Totally yeah, the folder it. was in front of me every morning. Um, and they'd be there for at least half an hour, maybe an hour before the doctor actually came around. So every now and then I just flicked through it for a look. And it's like, it's my medical information I'm allowed. Yeah. So I took a picture of the labour notes just to see, you know, just times and what exactly happened and yeah so I have those um yeah I'd recommend it to anyone <laughs> yeah I must do that yeah. I think I can request my file because I, I had to request my file for Eva so I must do that actually for Oliver's because mm. yeah. I'd love to see it mm. yeah yeah so that's me basically apologies that our conversation ended so abruptly those edits uh October 2020 was 
way before I learned how to do an outro properly. Um, so I hope you enjoyed my chat with Siobhan. And if you would like to share your story, you're more than welcome to. You can just reach out on to the website, irelandsbirthstories.e. I'm, I'm far more responsive there than I am on Instagram. And I'll get back to you as soon as I can with a recording date. I will chat to you tomorrow. 